This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast and the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant uh, lawyer and leader in the healthcare world, Andrea Lee Lena. Andrea's going to talk to us about what three trends she's watching in healthcare currently. Andrea, let me ask you to take a moment to introduce yourself and, and then take it right away. What are the key trends you're watching currently? Yeah, well, thanks, Scott. I am a partner in McGuire Woods um, Chicago office. I help co-lead the digital health innovation and technology subgroup. Um, so right now, I am following a lot of proposed changes to HIPAA. Um, wanted to talk about HIPAA because it, it pretty much impacts the large majority of healthcare organizations. And we're getting more and more signs, and this has been happening since last year, that there's really this push for changes to HIPAA and modernizing HIPAA. Um, the most recent was just last month, there was a bill introduced called the Health Data Use and Privacy Commission Act. So the idea here is that there would be commission created that would look at how health information is collected across the industry, across all different stakeholders, and then use that for ideas on how we can modernize HIPAA. So, for example, the commission will look at how is PHI collected by government? What are state laws doing about protecting health information? How about private sector? What um, self-regulatory efforts are they doing to mitigate um, privacy risks? How are we enforcing it? Comparing rules, both federal, state, and international rules, sale of PHI consent, um, how you de-identify it, how technology is advancing. I mean, lots of these different uh, topics. The idea is the commission would get together, look at all of these, and potentially propose as part of a report changes that could be made to HIPAA. So although this is just a bill, and you know, a bill doesn't necessarily say, okay, this is what all of Congress is interested in, but when you uh, look at it in combination with all of the different movements um, we've had in the past year around HIPAA continues to signal that this is really a hot area. Um, HHS came out early January 2021, so it's been over a year now, um, asking for comments on proposed modifications to HIPAA. So there is really detailed proposed changes around uh, revising minimum necessary standards, disclosures to um, non-business associates, uh, allowing disclosure for emergencies, broadening that. So this, if enacted, would be, you know, the first major change to HIPAA in about, you know, eight to 10 years. So it would be a really big deal, require all covered entities and business associates to adopt new policies, have in place new procedures, training, et cetera. Um, so wanted to flag that as something to continue to watch, even though that, uh, HHS released the potential changes over a year ago. Uh, no one should take that as a signal that there isn't still going to be potential movement there. There were 1,500 comments, um, so I'm sure HHS is digging through all of that, and the Biden administration has said it's a real priority. So, you know, that continues to be top of mind of something to watch because yeah, the moment you have a big HIPAA change, really everyone in the industry is going to have to move on that. Right. So what that really means, when you when you break this down, it's too early to tell what this will mean in terms of changes of privacy practices. Truly, what we do know 
is if it does get passed, it's likely to be a lot of work for providers of all sorts and business entities that sell and work in healthcare. So it's likely to be some kind of massive amount of regulatory-driven work that has to be done uh, that the provider community will probably be not that thrilled about, um, and then we'll (laughs) see how it actually impacts marketing and other practices that, you know, sometimes HIPAA has an impact on. No, is 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 great. And Andrew, so what's the potential changes to HIPAA, which would, you know, throw a wrench into everybody's just day-to-day because it'll cause lots of work that probably most else think is on top of work they don't already need to do uh, or right. want to do. What else are you watching closely? Anything else that's on your radar currently? Yeah, um, the other one is telehealth expansion. So we talked about this, um, you know, a couple of podcasts ago, how there was a bill introduced about expanding Medicare telehealth um, post-pandemic, the reimbursement for telehealth through Medicare post-pandemic. And the bill proposed that two years after the public health emergency ends, then they would finally shut off that um, reimbursement. We had some good movement um, actually where part of um, the, you know, passing the new budget for this year, they stuck in there that they were going to have telehealth expand for five months instead of two years post-pandemic. So it's not, it's not as long as we were hoping for, but still, again, a really good sign of things moving in the right direction. So for five months after the pandemic, you're, you continue to receive Medicare reimbursement if a patient's located at home um, for additional providers like uh, physical therapists that can provide telehealth services. Um, delaying in-person requirements for mental health, audio only, um, removing some face-to-face certification requirements like for around hospice care. So again, a really um, good sign that things are moving in the right direction. And we actually did get that expansion of that Medicare reimbursement post-pandemic, which we've been hoping for and asking for for a long time. And also part of that that's, you know, similar to what we were talking about with HIPAA is um, this um, requires that MedPAC and the OIG come out with reports um, to be released that I think mid-2023 that says how is telehealth um, impacting maybe fraud and abuse, what are some program integrity risks, the OIG will look at that. And then HHS is going to look at, you know, how much is telehealth really being used? What's the cost to provide it? Should we continue it? Um, so we've seen that in a lot of proposed bills and a lot of activity around that too. Is hey, we need to study this as much as we want to say, great, you know, telehealth is here forever. We're going to continue to expand Medicare reimbursement. Um, there's been many that are putting the brakes on essentially and saying we don't have enough data there. We need more data. So you see this is moving in that direction. So hopefully by 2023, we'll have um, some very extensive reports on, you know, what does it mean for the Medicare program to extend telehealth for, you know, completely, not just for five months and not just for two years. Fantastic and fascinating. It's so interesting. I saw that it was extended for 151 days, five months, whatever exactly the Mm -hmm. timing is. And and it's so interesting because I think so many people in the public just think it should be expanded and, Yet, at the end of the day, you do have the federal government trying to watch the coffers closely and making sure that there's not going to be explosive explosion of fraud, mm-hmm. that telehealth visits aren't going to be an addition to regular visits. It's not just going to blow up budgets, but it's actually going to be instead of that, and there won't be a ton of fraud. But I, I do give them credit 
people looking at this much more carefully than probably the public would like him to, because the public, I think, would generally like this freedom. And you mentioned mental health, mm -hmm. particularly in mental health. I mean, people have moved towards seeing all kinds of providers telephonically versus by in person. And, and some of the providers don't want to go back to in person either. So fascinating right. set of facts. So two big issues today, HIPAA and extension of telehealth. Telehealth, of course, is just the Medicare part of this, Medicare governmental part of it. And we'll see what that means for the long run, because it's, it's for the provider community. I mean, so many companies, aside from the provider community, generally, so many companies have built their companies now around telehealth mm -hmm. options. Yeah. So there, there's a, a lot vested in a lot of these companies that blew up value-wise during the pandemic has now come down in value and to see what happens with those. Andrew Lee Lennon, just a pleasure visiting with you. Thank you very much. Some insight into HIPAA, which promises if it gets passed to be a big headache for providers and some discussion of telehealth, which for many providers, it's an issue, uh, but for people that really rely on it or for the telehealth companies, it is a real issue. This is this could be a yeah. make or break for a lot of those companies, depending on what happens in the long run with telehealth and commercial payers and stuff like that. What's also fascinating, I assume for a certain part of the affluent community that really wants telehealth, they'll just pay for telehealth, even if it's not covered, but that's not an answer for a lot of people. That's an answer for a small portion of people. Right, definitely. Yeah, and I think there's an assumption that, you know, everyone's got a smartphone and everyone can connect to telehealth and there's all this availability and a lot, um, some data has shown, actually, that's not the case. You know, there's lots of people that this is, you know, excluding. So, you know, looking at Medicare, looking at Medicaid is still an important piece of the puzzle. No, it's so true. And your point is that is that, that even if people have smartphones, in some of the rural, rural communities, they don't work that well. In, in certain areas, they don't work mm -hmm. that well. So some of the rural health systems set up kiosks where you come to a kiosk and do your rural visit, your virtual visit. The doctor's not at that kiosk because they just can't afford to have doctors every place. But they have uh, you, you telehealth from a well-established technology kiosk. You know, it's small office, really. Uh, not the term yeah. kiosk. Is probably, that's what they use, but it's really a small office to be able to make sure you got the right Wi-Fi, the right everything, so you could have access that you otherwise wouldn't have. Another huge issue. But, uh, mm -hmm. Andrea, thank you so much for, again, visiting with us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just fantastic. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you.